Phone with A-Ride. Support for today's episode comes from luxury footwear brand Tamara Mellon. Tamara Mellon co-founded Jimmy Choo in 1996 and launched her own brand in 2016. I'm all about making change and owning your power. And so is Tamara Mellon. Her shoes are designed for women by women and therefore leaning in, climbing ladders, shattering ceilings, walking out, making an entrance and rewriting rules. Visit TamaraMellon.com forward slash on one for a special offer. That's T-A-M-A-R-A-M-E-L-L-O-N.com forward slash on one. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Kind Snacks. Have you ever tried a Kind Bar? Kind makes delicious, healthy snacks using whole ingredients that you can recognize and pronounce. Just know that my favorite is the dark chocolate and pecan kind bar. Can't get enough of those. Definitely loving them. Try that. And remember, I told you we've got a special offer for you to try 10 different kind bars for free. I said 10. You only pay shipping. Go to kindsnacks.com forward slash on one for more details. That's K-I-N-D-S-N-A-C-K-S dot com forward slash on one to learn more and get your free sample box of 10 kind bars we're all my children of the light born in the sinning but steady striving to do right my people are warriors all we know is to fight pray they see god and everything i write yeah. christy henderson is our conversate segment this week and I am elated to have her on here I'm elated to have her as a sister friend um and a little uh, petrified, honestly, about <laughs> this about conversation, conversation we need to have because um, on not on not on the podcast, but just on the side, we've been having conversations about what this moment um, in time means to means to us. And there are so many layers um, with the sexual harassment piece, whether we're talking about on Capitol Hill or we're talking about in the White House or um, in Hollywood. So I wanted us to just have like our for real sister girl conversation with you all. Y'all can argue with us in the car while you're yeah, on the treadmill. Yeah, treadmill at the gym. Um, but more often than not, uh, we are in situations where we ha- agree to disagree um, and we challenge each other and all that good stuff. So I wanted to, us to have this conversation. I like it. Let's think out loud together. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that has been coming up often are, are folks just kind of pondering what it means to have created this type of culture that would allow for sexual harassment, um, rape allegations, um, inappropriate behavior, not only at in the workplace, but at school, um, in churches, um, in, you know, places of business that we might even patronize, like, there are a number of people that are just asking these questions like, how did it come about? Um, and one of the things I was telling my dad earlier, I was like, I, I was like, I don't know when the switch happened, but I feel like there was a clear shift from um, men thinking that women are their property mm-hmm. um, to no longer thinking that or no longer being able to think that. You think that shift has happened? I think it's happening. Um, and I do think it's way different than it was like in the 60s when, you know, maybe 50s and 60s and even before women were expected to stay home 
to, you know, cook in, to clean, to do all these things. Like gender roles have, you know, evolved and are evolving. So there are all these different pieces. And part of that evolution is no longer seeing a woman as belonging to you and having to um, kind of succumb to whatever you're, uh, whatever you're feeling at the time. Mm -hmm. And we're having conversations about people who engaged in behavior when that shift wasn't where it is right now, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's interesting. You think about the shift in kind of the gender norms Mm -hmm. or the gender Mm -hmm. rules. And although those norms and rules may have changed, that the thought process change. And so, you know, Mm -hmm. we can talk about the gender piece of it, but then it takes me into what is gender? How do we identify gender? When I think the actual conversation is about power as opposed to necessarily being about gender. Yeah. And so, you know, we have rules and policies that shift in black America. It's no longer legal to have slaves. Uh, you know, it's no longer legal the, to the whole of America. The, right, yeah. right, 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 right. Like all of that, you can't discriminate and mm-hmm. we're supposedly equal and I'm throwing air quotes. Um, but unless you change how people think yeah. and respond to that power dynamic, then does it really change? Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what we're seeing right now. Mm-hmm. Like we're having to deal with, you know, years and years and years of using men, using their power mm-hmm. against women in a certain way to, to keep them in a certain position and to make themselves feel a certain way. And it's just kind of been the way of the world. And when that shift happens, is the shift gender norms that shifts it? Probably mm-hmm. not. Is it the shift? You know, I don't know. I Truth be told, I don't know the answer to any of these questions. No, but we're I'm just enough. thinking through it with you. Um, mm-hmm. But I just, I don't know that we've adequately addressed the power dynamic that leads to all of this. And that, I mean, to me, um, like just even going back to the 2016 election and some of the narratives that you heard, which to me kind of were triggers because it reminded me a little bit of 2012 and 2008 with um, Barack Obama. But some of the things that you heard um, when they did kind of like the focus group polling or they go stick a mic in somebody's face on the street, like a woman can't be president. And for me, it wasn't um, that abnormal to hear that because I had um, some experiences in the church where people felt like women can't be heads of household, despite the fact that there are women heads of households Mm -hmm. in multiple places, sometimes because they're forced to be Mm -hmm. heads of households. And then they would say women can't pastor. So it didn't surprise me, particularly when you looked at church folks or evangelicals, the same evangelicals, by the way, who are supporting a pedophile in Mm -hmm. Alabama. Mm -hmm. But it was not surprising to me when they said a woman can be commander in chief because they couldn't they didn't believe that they could head households. Absolutely. So that's what I'm thinking when I think about gender um, roles. That's what I'm thinking, not blaming it on the roles per se, but still trying to find a way to rationalize what is wholly unacceptable behavior. You know, like just trying to make sense of it. I, I don't know that we can. Yeah, I mean, we, we think about can. it now. It, it, it's all irrational to me. You know, yeah. I think about even the conversation of how do we show up in this space or what do we do? How do we uh, how do you choose sides? Like, it's mm-hmm. are we supposed to claim our set right now? Like, how does this work? Because for me, it's very difficult to not be black. But it's very difficult for me to separate being a woman from being black. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to hear different generations speak about it differently. You know, I've I've heard younger people say I'm tired of having to be 
black and a woman at the same time. Um, and I don't understand. That. I don't understand that. But maybe it's the difference in the generations and the uh, liberties and freedoms that they've had differently than us, which sounds crazy because it sounds like I'm talking like we're 110. Right. Um, I don't know. I, I've, I've, I've seen postings on social media that are hashtag woman first. And for me personally, yeah, internally, my my process is that. I'm black first. Same. And I have to show up black first. Mm-hmm. And I'm about to completely contradict myself. But that we um, walking because this is what we're right now. Exactly. We're trying to figure it out. Yeah. You know, like I it's really hard for me to to hang my black hat on the hook and show up as a woman. And I think in this current climate with the everything that's going on, um, what does that mean or how does that look for us? Because I'm honestly grateful if that if I can say that or I, I'm, I'm honestly glad that the moment is happening of accountability for many yeah um, I think that sexual harassment sexual assault assault rape all of those things are are just serious issues um and I'm not going to say but I'm going to say and mm-hmm. I'm trying to understand what does this impact look like on the black community as a whole so let's unpack some of this because these are these are the things that I've been struggling with, and I'm gonna try not to forget any of these points. But the reality of it like is, is so deep, right? Um, the first part of being fully black and being fully woman, and that, like if you ask me what I identify with the most, I would tell you my blackness mm-hmm. in a heartbeat, like not even take a breath. And I, th- I I was wrestling with this earlier this week. I was starting to write a piece and I just kept hitting a wall, maybe because I didn't really just let it all out. But I thought immediately about W.E.B. Du Bois talking about a double consciousness, mm-hmm. about being fully black and fully American. And I was like, and he had no idea about what it'd be like to be fully black, fully woman and fully American. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, what does that feel like? What does that look like? And I think the reality of it is, Christy, when we go back to some of the things that Tamika and Carmen and those guys were dealing with, with the women's March, it's like you constantly are feeling like you have to choose a side. Absolutely. And people can't understand, like just, just for example, they can't understand why their skepticism and this, I'm not going to put on all black women. I'm just going to own this myself mm-hmm. because let me acknowledge my privilege real quick. I have never been a victim of sexual assault or sexual harassment. I, I feel like I, 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 I can say that there have been things that I've deemed inappropriate. I'm happy to talk about what those things are after I get through my critical race theory moment. Mm-hmm. And but I cannot identify with um, like from personal experience with people who have been victims of sexual assault. So let me acknowledge that first. Mm-hmm. But. I think for many of us, people don't understand the skepticism when we hear a black man in particular being accused of this behavior. Like I can say for myself, like just a straight up confession, when the Bill Cosby stuff happened at first, mm-hmm. I was like, who's setting them up? What they trying to keep Bill Cosby from? And then that article came out with all those pictures. It's not funny, but all those pictures of the, of people one saying the another, same one thing. One after another. And I was like, oh, I, I miscalculated. But what, what I want people to hear, women who are allies, men who are allies, 
um, folks who are, who who don't identify one way or the other to understand is that there's a ton of skepticism in our community. And it's not just because of Emmett Till. Mm-hmm. It's not just because of the Central Park Five. We are there are people in our community, men and women, who have been accused of doing things they didn't do. And so for me, I'm like, yo, I can't just say I stand with the accuser across the board because that's not my reality. There's someone who I grew up with, like from preschool, who's in jail right now because a white woman said he raped her and he did not do it. Mm -hmm. Factually, he did not do it, but he also cannot afford a good defense. But then how do we deal? Am I cutting you off? No. How do we I'm just wrestling with all the questions. I I know. (laughs) At what point do we deal with the issue? So while I will say, I think whether we've, mm, I think that the community is a victim of sexual assault, of rape, of all of those things. So while I can say that I've personally never been raped, I would probably question whether you have been sexually harassed or not. Yeah. Um, but then, that, then we're going to get in that too because we got to get into we're boundaries. Gonna, we're, how we're do gonna, you define We're going to take it there. We're yeah. going to take it there. I think that that's a question, that but I think that, you know, we all have moms, grandmothers, sisters, yes. friends, yes. best friends, you name it. And the impact that that has on them, it impacts the community at large. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of, I'm just going to leave it there. Um, But I think that there are two issues here. There's the issue of those that are sexually assaulted, raped, harassed, all of that. And then there's another issue of people who lie or people who falsely accuse. And we've got to deal with one as it is. So if we, we continue to talk about, is she telling the truth? Is he telling the truth? And let me just be really clear that I'm using strong gender terms because it's, it's, what I'm most familiar with, it's, but I understand. And it's disproportionately women who are right, right, harassing right, right. Um But we got to deal with, we have to stop the cycle because we know that I don't have any numbers or stats yeah, on this, yeah. but if there are 200 women that are coming to the table, do we think the majority of them are telling the truth or do we think the majority of them are lying? I think the majority of them are telling the truth. And so how do we create that safe space to deal with this? So mm-hmm. I'm with you. I would never say that I support the woman or I support the accuser. I support the victim. Yes. And I think that there's a due process a that happens point. to find out who the victim actually is. But um, is there a due process in place to find out? Like what one of the things that we were talking about yeah. earlier is and for me as a lawyer, because I, I, what I would hope that you all will do while you're probably some of y'all are probably screaming it right now. Like Angela sound like she out here caping for Blue Lives Matter mm-hmm. and I'm not. But I, I want us to really wrestle with these things because we treat things like they're so simple, but they're, they're so convoluted. This is rooted deep in the culture, like just like racism is. And, yeah. and, and some of me, I'm about to be on a tangent, but I got to say this. Some of me is. Mm. Maybe even bitter a little bit about the fact that some white women can come forward, accuse some folks of some things and 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 some black women, too, have, have come forward and accused some people of some things and they're getting dealt with. But we've been dealing with racism and discrimination on the job yeah. for centuries. And the stuff doesn't get dealt with like this. So part of me feels like, well, what is it going to take? Process? 
for for that to be dealt with too. And now I, that doesn't mean that I should be taking the air out of the balloon on this particular issue, but understand the conflict of the double consciousness, yep. which is my skepticism, absolutely, which is my frustration that you want me to stand with women who turned their backs on my interests Mm -hmm. just in this last election with 53% of white women voting for Donald Trump. You want me to stand with a group of people who historically may have been having affairs with a slave and then told the master that that man raped her. You want me to stand like all of those things. Who are the the we's that want us to stand? Because I agree with you Mm -hmm. with when I say, you know, there's due process. I really don't know if there's due process because it was on it too. I forgot. Well, if I, Mm -hmm. I mean, we're, we're pulling it all together because if I say due process is, well, let's go to court and the court will decide who's the victim versus who isn't. Mm -hmm. We're talking about a court system that is been rigged against our community from day one. So I don't, I don't know where to put the trust. It's the it's the Weinstein situation for me being not necessarily as immersed in the political space as you are, but more in the entertainment world. Mm. I'm not surprised by the acts or the the details of the accusations. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised that a rich, white, Jewish man across the board is being held accountable to a point that I almost don't believe it. And so Mm. one of the things that I wrestle with is. To what end? How does this play out? At what moment is this going to come bite the black black community in the ass? Mm-hmm. Because I know you're plotting for mm-hmm. it. Like I, I can't, be- I don't believe that we're in a moment that we're holding rich white men accountable mm-hmm. for their mistreatment of women, communities of color, you name it. Mm-hmm. And so when I have to wrestle with what does that mean every day, I go back and forth because I want there to be due process so that the those who may be falsely accused have their their time or their space to, you know, clear their names or whatever. But right. what does that mean for us? And, I, I, you know, I, if you ask me what I am, I'll tell you I'm black all day. Right. But if we use the term African-American, that's a contradiction in and of itself. Mm-hmm. So this is just an example of our daily lives of being it is a black woman equally as much a contradiction. I don't know in this space. So, and and I don't know either. And I, all I can say is like, there just is a lot of skepticism around how this is playing out mm-hmm. for me, particularly in the political space. And I'll say like, I was on a segment um, with Don, with Don Lemon the other night. And there were a lot of, Um, white women, progressive white women who were frustrated with me because they were like, how are you defending Congressman Conyers? I saw that. And to Mm -hmm. me, I was not defending Congressman Conyers um, alleged actions. What I was defending or at least trying to protect is a system that is typically to your point earlier, even about the court system, always been against us. Mm -hmm. I've watched many of the members that I've worked for literally be targeted in ethics probes, et cetera. And so for me, it was just like, okay, I've seen this play out. It's always been something else beneath it. Um, I've heard that there are um, some white progressive women who have been engaged in like almost like conspiracies around Mm -hmm. this. 
And what y'all should know about black people, for all the white people listening, is we are prone to listen to a conspiracy theory for based on our our trauma in this country. Absolutely. So it's just multi layered. Like I'm not saying that I don't. Um, I have friends who've been victims of sexual yeah. assault, and like, how dare me put myself in a situation where I'm like, I'm never going to believe a victim or never going to believe an accuser. That's not it. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying I'm wrestling with that spectrum. You know, like I'm really, really wrestling with that because it's hard for me to one for all the people who have um, folks in their lives who have been accused recently and you're personally close to them. Yeah, it's hard if if they did commit the acts that they've been accused of. It's really hard to reconcile that behavior with the person, you know, and love. Absolutely. One. And in a situation like Mr. Conyers with the legacy he has. So based on what I know about him and his fight for freedom and justice and all, it's hard to reconcile that. So I'll definitely acknowledge that some of it's probably too personal for me, right? In that situation. But I also have to say um, that there are people who've been in positions of power who are deliberately targeted. Mm -hmm. Now, that said, I think you talked about rich white men being held accountable. There are a few examples lately that I'm trying to understand like why they're the... The um, what's it called Put when a they're pen on the fringe? And rich white men being held accountable. Okay. Because I just want yeah. to ask you a question about the point. And I hear you, and I think we're both in the same place as we're wrestling with it's this sad. internally. And it's an ongoing wrestling match that never ends. Yes. So you can only imagine that by, I don't know if wrestling matches have rounds, but right. however yeah, they're, yeah. I don't know. But by round one million, mm-hmm. you're fucking exhausted. Yeah. And I feel like that's where we are mm-hmm. as, as a people. I, I, I'm not exhausted enough to give up, but I'm constantly wrestling with this. But I think that when we have those close relationships with those who have been accused and we're just surprised or shocked some we might be surprised and shocked some we may not be yeah but oftentimes in sexual abuse situations it is the person that you would least expect and so when we yeah. think about young people and who's typically yeah. the abuser it's a family member mm-hmm. it's someone who That's was close so to true. them it yes. was someone who had access and it's the person that you'll stand up and say i never would have imagined that that person was doing yeah, this fair. men women and other and so i i'm not I'm with you, but what I am saying is that as we are in this wrestling space, the woman in me is showing up to say, my relationship with you and what I know you to be is not enough for mm. me to excuse you or for me to cape Never. for you Never. Right, in that in that place and space. But I will cape for a process. Like that's why yeah. I went to law school. And yeah. for me, I'm saying I just know too many people. I'm not talking about with sexual harassment mm-hmm. specifically or sexual assault specifically. I know too many people who have succumbed to being victims of the system yeah. because they did they literally did not have the financial wherewithal to fight back. They were not put in a place where they could fight back. Absolutely. And that is not fair. So for me I'm saying I'm not going to stand for process and advocate for real justice in a system and then forget about all of those standards that I learned in law school because this is an emotional time. Yeah. You and know what I'm shouldn't. saying? And we should But not. we are. Like, we're literally, what you're, what you're literally seeing mm-hmm. are people who, depending on who the person is, I, I should, like, I should actually pull some of the tweets about Al Franken. Mm. But, like, depending on who the person is, the passes will give these people. Oh, absolutely. And, they, and I'm trying to understand what I said on air that would make people hear that I was giving anyone a pass when all I said is, no, it's, it should all be treated fairly. This Congressman Fahrenheit. 
who settled for $87,000 taxpayer money, Republican from Corpus Christi, that's not only a, a chairman or, uh, on a subcommittee on ethics, yeah. but also a chairman on a subcommittee on judiciary. So if you needed parity on what committee... Why isn't anyone asking him to step aside? Because it's not what you said on air that made them think that. It's well, the fact well, hold that. Because mm-hmm. here's another one. That's a Republican. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump, not only uh, did he have 16 accusers, Donald Trump was rewarded for his assault and for telling you how he assaults people on tape. Rewarded. And or if it's not him, I don't know if what 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 the holdup is or what the challenge was with um Ryan Seacrest. Mm-hmm. And I'm not attacking Ryan Seacrest, but I'm saying I just want to know where the parody is in the process. Ryan Seacrest, they said that uh, he was accused of misconduct by a colleague um, on E! News. Yeah. What happened with that? Because there are other people in Hollywood who immediately had to be terminated. There's an agent at CAA who was immediately terminated. Let me go to Al Franken. Six accusers now mm-hmm. of groping. And why are you responding to me? I'm going to pull the tweet so you can hear how they said they believe John Conyers accusers, yep. but they don't believe Al Franken because it came from somebody on the right wing. Congressman Conyers stuff was leaked by somebody on the right wing is a conservative blogger because I would. It's crazy. I would say that what keeps them from hearing what you're saying mm-hmm. or becoming on the or, or, or being defensive about it is that they hear race. That's what I'm saying. They hear race. That's what I'm saying. And race is real. Yes. Which brings us right back to the, am I black? Right. Am I black before I'm a woman? And how are we going to deal with this? Because you, we know you deal with issues that are related to people of color much differently than you do white people. And this, this is no different. This situation is no different. And so how do we navigate that process? How do we look for a process that has forever been against us? And what would make us think at this moment in time that that's changed? And so that's my apprehension with the, you know, the the entertainment community. Like, wait, what Mm -hmm. are we, are are, are rich white men really being held accountable? Because I've never seen that happen before. Right. And what, what was this monumental moment that made this happen. And we could go on and on and on, but once we start folding race into the conversation and the narrative, it becomes much different. Ah, the holidays, good food, good cheer, good loud arguments with people you spend the rest of your year trying not to talk to. One minute you're passing the pie. The next you're trying hard as you can not to throw the doggone pie. Well, Jetty Studios have just the podcast for you. And closer than they appear, writer Carvel Wallace talks to a lot of people grappling with the State of the Union while also looking for a way to reconcile that same State of the Union with his own family. In conversations with guests ranging from actor Mahershala Ali to the aunt he hasn't seen in nearly 20 years, he'll turn and face America's past and his own and try to help us all find a way forward. Subscribe now to Closer Than They Appear on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and even find them on Facebook. For more info, go to closer than they appear.fm. I'm just trying to understand, like, even to use like a Malcolm Gladwell concept of like the tipping point. What's the real tipping point here? Because we started talking about Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby's allegations didn't bring, didn't open the floodgates of claims, right? It really was, if we look at this current season we're in, it really was the Harvey Weinstein case. Mm-hmm. Why was that? 
Why was that? Did they did they write it off? Or was as, the Harvey Weinstein that I'm contradicting myself? But was the Harvey Weinstein we asking questions? Right. We don't know none of that. Was that the straw that broke the camel's back? It might have been, but my thing is this. Did the Bill Cosby piece get blown off because of what? Yet another racial concept, which is that black men are over sexualized. Mm -hmm. Right. Like he just he just couldn't get enough. Mm -hmm. Like, is that why we wrote that off? Is that why we thought it was a one off, even though everybody in the industry knows they were not everybody, but knows that people were dropping pills in people's drinks. Yeah. What was them things called again? Uh, I don't want to say Percocet. It's not Molly. No, they didn't have that yet, did they? What was the stuff he was oh, putting in the... Oh, uh, Spanish fly or yeah, something like that. Yeah, I don't know like what Chrissy talking about. Something like that. But let me just give you this example, too. I don't know what the too. actual name was. Um, Ana Navarro, who's a fellow CNN commentator, tweeted the other day, and I responded to this tweet. Matt Lauer lost his job. Charlie Rose lost his job. Mark Halperin lost his job. Glenn Thrush lost his job. Billy Bush lost his job. Harvey Weinstein lost his job. Kevin Spacey lost his job. But, but in politics, Kanye's still in Congress. Moore's still running. Trump's still president. She left Al Franken completely off of this. But I would say, and Fahrenheit completely off of this, Mr. Conyers is still in Congress, but they're calling on Mr. Conyers to resign. They're not calling on Roy Moore to get out of the race. They're not calling mm -hmm. on Donald Trump to resign. They're not calling on Al Franken to even get the ethics investigation. He's asked for the ethics investigation himself, probably for optics reasons. Yeah. But he's not even under investigation yet. So I'm just like, if it's not race, what is it? And then I don't, I still, I don't, again, I, I do want to understand like, what about the Ryan Seacrest case is different. I still did want to try to find these posts too. So you could hear some of the nonsense people said back to me. Um, oh, here it goes. No, listen to this one. There you go. Okay. Let me see what they were responding to. It says, um, I said, what do you think about Al Franken in response to a member calling for Congressman Conyers resignation? And somebody responded, there you go again. This is crazy. This is how, you know, we live in like rape mm -hmm. culture there you go again, equating Franken copping a fill with Conyers harassment of women under his charge. Not even close to being an apple to apple com comparison. Worst fight you've ever taken. Are, are we supposed to accept someone grabbing me on the ass? Like, how do you how do you how do you reconcile that in your mind? Like, if it's sexual assault, isn't it sexual assault? Does it matter? What position of power they're in? He still, they can say he wasn't in Congress for some of the allegations, mm -hmm. but Christy, he was, was still for, on mm -hmm. Saturday Night Live. He still had a position of power. He was still someone of influence. Yeah. Like, yeah. how do you, what are how you, do you talking about? Hairs? Or how, how are do you, you splitting hairs? How do you like split that? hairs and how do you deal with the issue? Because I would, I would say maybe, and I'm mm -hmm. assuming mm -hmm. that that's a person who maybe isn't a woman. He's not a woman. <laughs> maybe, well, not in this picture. Not in that picture. Maybe isn't a victim of sexual right. assault. I, we, I don't know the person, but my assumption would be that. Because I think when it directly impacts you or it adversely impacts you the way everything does on mm -hmm. the black community, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. your perspective is different. And so it's challenging for me even when we're having these conversations to try to mm -hmm. get our footing or find out how we're going to move forward. Um, even the conversations that I have with black men that I often feel we're forever defending, protecting the black male yeah. as, as a black woman. Yes. And in this space and in this moment and in this time, how, 
how are black men showing up for us? How are we showing up for ourselves, yes. but also how are black men showing up for us? Yes. And when it's constantly questioning, oh, see, I'm about to say this completely wrong. Which just, is just know, let, let's, 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 let's do this right now. Breaking, we about to be walking contradictions all over the all place. throughout the podcast. I was just about torn. to say when you question the victim, which would mean that I've assumed I've made a decision on which one is the victim yes. versus not. Yeah. I get it. Um, but when you question black women or women of color to the extent that you do when they speak up about sexual assault Mm -hmm. or sexual harassment, it's, it's problematic for me. It hurts because I feel oftentimes that, I mean, if anyone should believe us, come on, black man, can you have my back? Can you protect me Mm -hmm. when I'm weak and I'm vulnerable and I need you the same way you've often needed me in these spaces? Mm -hmm. Um, I, we're all over the place. I don't know. I, it's yeah. there's so many different issues packed into it's so one, deep. and people that, are trying to make it so simple, and it's not. And it's simple. not. It's, it's not. not simple at all. And that's the. I think that's the other piece. Like going back to the idea of he just was copping a feel. Like I do want us. That's to spend, harassment. I know. I want us to spend a second. It's assault. Um, not necessarily. <laughs> Telling men or, or women if they do this too, um, or no, they do do this too, but maybe just not at the same levels. Um, we were ra- raised better. What can we say? I'm just kidding. Well, sometimes, but the point is, some days, <laughs> some days. The point is, um, I don't want to necessarily spend time telling men what line they can go up to. So it's not sexual harassment or assault, but I do, Christy. I have five godsons. And I cannot tell you how terrified I am of something that they that they that they do, or even when I think about my dad, um, or the the men in my life who are um, like Ryan. Ryan, my godson Ryan is seven, and he's super clingy, and mm-hmm. and you know loves like I'm sure his love language is probably affection and like the physical touch. Yeah. So he's always like grabbing people and, you know, touching people. And of course we tell him like, be careful where you're grabbing people or whatever. And he's not um, inappropriate. My point is like, you don't, you don't mature out of or evolve out of your love language. Right. Let's like, let's say that it's physical touch. So I just am frightened, like scared to death about what do I tell them so that none of their actions are ever misconstrued. And I can I can say like <clears throat> some of the things that have been reported on, like from the Hill specifically, like a, a, a staff person telling another staff person like, oh, you look nice today or that dress is really nice. or I really like your hair like that, which as females, girls, women, we do that all the time. Like, I don't understand how that's harassment. I think maybe we're looking for fair. And I think that Mm -hmm. you and I both know we don't live in a world where we have the luxury of fair. And so when I think about what does it mean for your godsons, Mm -hmm. I think about what does it mean for my two black nephews who live in the South? What does this look like as they mature and grow up? I also understand their conversations that my nephew's parents and the family at large have to have with them about being a black male period Period. and what is the balance and the limit there so I don't know if there you know if there's a hard line that you can draw in the sand I think that it's you know teaching our young men and women how to respect each other Mm. I think it is teaching our brown men young men and women how to 
exercise judgment. Mm -hmm. And so although your godson's love language may be affection, what happens when you get older is that you develop a a greater sense of judgment. You're able to understand the lay of the land a little bit better. You may not be able to, unfortunately, hug and love as much as you want to. Yeah, I can see Ryan like going into his job and wanting to hug everybody. Right. Listen, (laughs) and we don't have any black men on here to say it, but I don't really know a black man of my generation at, you know, who's a, in a certain business space that thinks they have the luxury and liberty of walking into work and saying to a white woman, I like your dress. Yeah. I like your hair. That's a bad judgment call. If you do that right now, like think about that. And, And I think for me too, what I've really been trying to wrestle with Christy over the last few days, not only like what I tell Ryan and Javon and F.A. and Elohim and Wakan, um, But I'm also just like, what experiences in my in my past have I written off as like, that's just how men are or um, whatever that may have may have crossed the line on harassment. I've certainly had (coughs) experiences on the Hill (coughs) where they were more than inappropriate, Mm -hmm. Um, where a member of Congress, you know, made me cry my first time ever on the House floor because he said something that was inappropriate. Um, I am torn about whether an initial proposition to someone, whether they're a staff person or not, they're grown. Mm -hmm. If an initial proposition in and of itself is harassment or if it's just your like your game is whack and I don't want you. And if I don't want you, I can just tell you no. Now, if you keep trying it after I told you no, that to me is harassment. But as an initial proposition, Harassment. Which, give me an initial proposition example. Like, um, a member said, um, he asked me my name. He grabbed my hand. And now I'm really good at, like, snatching my hand when Mm -hmm. I feel like somebody doing a caress. Like, nah, we ain't doing that. But he said, um, where are you from? Or he said, what's your name? Where are you from? I told him, where are your people from? And he was like, oh, you're gorgeous. But it was the way that it went about. It just felt like he was undressing me. And it felt disgusting. And I, I was crying and I told my boss at the time what happened. And he told me how to respond to him going forward. So I never felt that way again. And he was right. But I felt like it shouldn't be on me to create the boundary so he doesn't do that. That man's behavior needed to change. Absolutely. But I wrote it off as what I needed to do because you get into survival mode. Absolutely. Before that. Um, and I just saw this lawyer at home is an older well-respected lawyer um, where I'm from in Seattle. Um, And it's nothing wrong with all older lawyers. I have a a black older lawyer mentor who, if it wasn't for Mr. Gaten, I wouldn't be in DC. Like he, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's, it's not Mr. Gaten, but there's another older lawyer who um, asked me if I was going to this particular conference right after I was finished with law school. And I told him I was so excited about it. And he was like, oh, I need to stay away from you. You're going to get me in trouble. Yeah. And I was That's such the old nasty man comment. But but the fact that we have a category for it. The old nasty or the old dirty man. Mm -hmm. Christy, I call my dad right after sobbing. They say that in church too a lot. They will. They will say it in church. They roll Mm -hmm. up on you at the gas station. Mm -hmm. I'll be looking at them crazy. I have the best shutdown game ever. Y'all see my tweets. But. When that happened, because I didn't expect it from him, I was devastated. And I called my dad 
And I, I was, you know, sobbing like somebody got hit by a car and told him what happened. And my dad's response is one that's helped me overall. But I hated that it was his response to this. I'm sorry, Dad, this is the first time you're hearing it. I hated this response. I said, he said to me, Angela, the sooner you learn not to put people on pedestals, the less likely it is that you'll be disappointed. Mm. Now, I did have heightened expectations for this man because he's opened doors for so many people. Um, you know, knows my family well enough not to pull no nonsense like that. I'm appreciative of the fact that I shouldn't put people on pedestals, but that behavior needed to be stopped Absolutely. in his tracks. And um, I just have, I just have been wrestling with how many times I just like was like, oh, that's how they are. Oh, that's how they are. Just do this. Just do this. You know what I'm saying? And and you just go into survival mode, and it, but it doesn't necessarily kill the culture. Right. But I feel like, I didn't even second guess those things because I just went into survive, survivor, survival mode. But we're always in survival mode. Always, I girl. think, you know, that, that <laughs> that's true. As as women, and as black, people. as black people, <laughs> we are, you know, we're, we're getting double the dose. We're yeah. always in survival mode because I hear people say all the time or I hear the conversation about, well, how come she never said anything then? Or Ooh, yeah, how come if that if that really happened? Well, she kept doing business with me and, mm. you know, she sent emails after that or, you know, how come she never. And I'm speaking of this in the sense of inappropriate comments. I'm uncomfortable around you. Mm. Um, and I don't we should probably pull up the definition of sexual harassment yeah, because that. I feel like I'm mm-hmm. blurring the lines. Mm-hmm. But what I will say is that. It's the same to me as if I were to see someone getting killed mm-hmm. or someone killing somebody every day or every or often. Let me just say often. Yeah, I probably would be less jumpy, probably wouldn't flinch as much numb. after I've seen this happen over and over again. The last uh, church shooting. Girl, terrible. What I checked myself on is that I didn't feel as emotionally connected to it as I thought I should have been for something that horrific to be happening. But I also understand that part of that is because we see it so often. Today's episode is brought to you by Heifer International. Looking for the perfect holiday gifts for everyone on your list? Just one goat from Heifer International can provide a family with nutritious milk. Heifer International's mission is to work with communities to end world hunger and poverty and to care for the earth. For nearly 70 years, Heifer International's cornerstones have empowered people to change their lives. And when you give a gift of a goat from Heifer International, you are increasing access to education, to empowerment, and to dignity for a family in need. The gift of animals from Heifer International can even help families start a small business. And the more gifts you buy, the more families you can help. It's an easy way to give a gift that really matters to all of your family and friends. You have the power to change everything. Learn how at heifer.org forward slash on one. That's H-E-I-F-E-R dot org forward slash on one. I didn't even see this. Mm-mm. There is a, this is, I'm not even getting into the definition. Representative Ruben Cayenne. And I don't know if I'm saying his last name right, but he is a representative from Nevada. He is obviously a brown person. Mm-hmm. Nancy Pelosi has called on him to resign, um, saying that she thought that the woman, uh, a single accuser, identified as Samantha. She thought that the woman's account was convincing. 
according to the BuzzFeed News articles, what she read. Cayenne is 37 years old. Um, he was just sworn in as January as the first Latino to represent Nevada and the United States House of Representatives. And I'm just still trying to figure out when they're going to call on Harvey. Because what I'm, I mean, who is his name? Who is Harvey? Why did I say that? Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, I'm not talking about him. I meant Al Franken. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, but, so now you called on the black member to resign. The brown member to resign. I know that Al Franken is in the upper chamber, but he is in Congress. Why would you shocked about? Because I don't understand. This is a single accuser. And I'm not saying that she's not right. I'm just talking about the process. The single accuser. It says that he was propositioning her for sex. But you do understand. No, no, no. No, I understand that. But what (laughs) I'm doing is on, on two occasions, she said he touched her thighs without consent. So we're talking about groping and propositioning. Okay. Al Franken is accused of groping six women. Stories similar. What in all of the hell is preventing these people from asking? Like, what, what is she going to say something about fairness? We're talking about race. I know. And I don't want to be talking about race on this. I want it to be because there are white men in Hollywood being held accountable that we would see that in the Democratic House of Representatives by a woman Democratic And that's leader. my question. So my Why? question is, are they? Are they? I, I understand on, they are damn. in terms of losing their jobs. Yes, but I mean on at on the bigger scale as we look at if yeah, we look at skepti- this, skeptical about whether or not they're really being held accountable. When something is you're, the like, other shoe is going to drop at some point yeah. and it's going to flip. And black folks, people of color, immigrants are going to. But Christy, this is maddening I, to me. I just want her to say, "Al Franken, you need to go too." I'm calling on these other people to go. Fair, Representative Fahrenheit from uh, the Republican Party from Corpus Christi, Texas, you got to go too. These members who were subjects of these settlements, you guys got to go too. If you're going to call on the black and brown members to resign. Or does she have to go? I don't know. Gr- I don't know. Girl, I'm, I'm asking girl, the question. I don't girl, know. So if we're, if we're really going to deal Boehner's with... Because Boehner's already gone. I, if how, Boehner was... Well, but this new member is just getting here. This was stuff that happened during his campaign. So remember the Al Franken thing was, well, he wasn't in Congress yet. So he wasn't in Congress yet either. Listen, I'm, I'm giving Christy the meme of the, of the dude in prison that tilted his head really like... got to go? I don't know. That, and I, I, I don't what know how... Do we? But this is stuff make me want to flip tables over. It's not right. It's not fair. I want to flip. We want to flip tables over every day, all day. It's not right. It's not fair. It's not good. And I'm not trying to defend I his know. stuff. And so I know. you end up sounding like you're trying to defend his stuff, but you're just like, yo, dog, this ain't cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like you want to be the how big do you selectively party? choose. I don't understand. Who you want to hold accountable and how you want to hold them accountable. Yes. How do you selectively choose which process you're going to yes. use to determine their guilt or, or not? innocence? Yeah. How? Because you just like I understand the, the the prospect of I stand with the women. I stand with the women too who are coming forth courageously to tell a story that they knew they would get second guessed about. I understand that. Here's a crazy thing. I stand so with the victim. Off. But I also stand with black people. And so... But black people aren't always not victims. Sometimes we... The reason why you stand with black people is because historically, from our arrival, we've been victims. That's my contradiction. Yes. That's the contradiction in it all. That I 
don't necessarily and the brown people because they just took their shit and we just i mean like hello america we this is not your land anymore we just we gonna put up mm-hmm. these borders and these walls and it's nonsense we've Ooh. never operated from a place of fair mm-hmm. we've never operated from a place of equitable they literally have in this article that i'm looking at um who was wrote this this is an nbc news piece they have in here, even how the media is talking about this, Christy, it says that the cause, I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing Kai Hyun's last name wrong. I'm really sorry, but it's K-I-H-U-E-N. See it? But anyway, in this piece, it says the allegations against Kai Hyun come after uh, Representative John Conyers, I can read, but I'm looking at this sideways. Sorry, y'all. After Representative John Conyers was accused of sexually harassing members of his staff and Senator Al Franken was accused of inappropriate touching. Even the way that we talk about this stuff. Yeah. Like, come on, y'all. It's just, this is not, and, and what, so what I'm saying is, I think Christy from the outset did a great job of, of setting us straight on the fact that, yo, this country has a problem. Yeah. With the way in which um, people in positions of power use their power to get what they want from people, whether it's sex or something else. And there is a a culture of sexual harassment and assault that has been tolerated for too long. Mm -hmm. But while we're doing that, speaking of intersectionality, we got this problem with race and black people being deemed inherently criminal, inherently violent, over sexualized and guilty. There's never been a presumption of innocence when it comes to people of color. So we're wrestling with all that as we go through this. And so when I'm on air and I'm saying one thing about the process, that's what that's really about, y'all. I've seen this backfire in the community too many times. Anyway, we didn't went down. We we did. We went down a rabbit hole. But where where does the healing and where does the help start? And mm-hmm. I, I'm too I mad right don't now know. to be healed. I just am like, I'm just too mad right now to be healed. And I, I don't know. We're, tr- we're triggered every day. Yes. Like we literally walk around in a state mm-hmm. of perpetual anger. You, you have to, if you're black in America, you honestly, you have to, if you're black. Yeah. Um, and when we put, Sexual abuse and sexual assault. I don't think we ever looked up the definition of sexual assault. Oh, no, I pulled it and then I um, saw this no, article no. and got distracted. When we, put, right. when we put that on top of it, it's just putting another load on that you could Let's use EEOC definition. Okay. Yes. Okay. It is unlawful to harass a person because of that person's sex. Harassment can include sexual harassment or unwelcome sexual advances requests for sexual favors and other verbal or physical harassment of a sexual nature. Harassment does not have to be of a sexual nature, however, and can include offensive remarks about a person's sex. For example, it is illegal to harass a woman by making offensive comments about women in general. Both victims, now we know that's everywhere. Mm -hmm. Both victim and the harasser can be either a woman or a man. And so they need to update this a little bit. And the victim and harasser can be the same sex. Although the law doesn't prohibit simple teasing, offhand comments, Mm -hmm. or isolated incidents that are not very serious. According to. Exactly. It's all just entirely subjective. Harassment is illegal when it is so frequent 
or severe that it creates a hostile or offensive work environment or when it results in an adverse employment decision, such as the victim being fired or demoted. The harasser can be the victim's supervisor, a supervisor in another area, a coworker, or someone who is not an employee of the employer, such as a client or customer. And this is EEOC. The reason why it's um, from the vantage point of work is that it's the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. So it's going to be an employment-based definition. I think it's... That's deep to me. As unclear as we are. Well, and the thing about it is, the thing that is not um, unclear is that it says that the harassment is illegal, So you can be harassed and it still be legal, but it's illegal when it's so frequent Mm -hmm. or severe. And so what is, what do you, how you, how do you determine the frequency? How do you you determine the severity? severity? Yeah. Um, And then creates a hostile or offensive work environment. The other thing that I thought was interesting in here is it talks about unwelcome sexual advances, requests for sexual favors, and other verbal or physical harassment of a sexual nature. What is a sexual nature at that point? Yeah. Like how, like is again, you, your dress is nice. Is the dress nice because it's, you know, caressing a figure and you make a certain gesture, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Or could it be someone who's really into fashion, right? Like there are so many things that, and, and I'm, again, we're not trying to, get to the point where we're like, okay, let's find ways for men to curve this or women to even curve this. But like, I think that we do because we are all triggered. Yeah. We do have to have some baseline standards. Like I can say right now for me, because of all the rampant racism that we're seeing, like just bubbling up, um, I think in more um, um, explicit ways that I've been like, Ooh, that's racist. And some of the stuff that I'm, Feeling like my is racist. Right. It might just be somebody's rude or a jackass or a dumb. Yeah. But it may not be racism. I think the same thing is this here, where some of the things are inappropriate or foul or disrespectful, but it's not sexual harassment. And I'm not saying that it should be allowed, but Christy, my next campaign on the hill is gonna be all the members who verbally assault their staff right. should go. Right. And there are there's a laundry list of them. On both sides of the aisle, who are women and men, disrespectful, disgusting comments were, you know, the way the tone of voice used, like all of it to their staff. I'm with you. I, I, again, I don't know. That's why y'all going to say I sound like Blue Lives Matter. (laughs) Some days we do, some days we don't. I I don't think that there's a line in the sand, but I think that there needs to be one. While we can ask that question, how Mm -hmm. do you survive in that space of ambiguity Mm -hmm. and how do we take care of ourselves in our community while we may not have a concrete definition Mm -hmm. and so what that means to me is as we think about our little black boys and our black nephews sons godsons when Mm -hmm. we think about our uh little black and brown nieces and daughters and sisters you've got to know how to set boundaries Mm -hmm. for yourself in the workplace and there are consequences that come with setting those boundaries. Mm-hmm. And I think you and I have, I don't know if we've talked about it on this podcast or we've talked about it before and it's just all overlapping. But when you said you can't caress my hand for too long. Yeah. For me, it's I need to look 
you in the eye when we're having this conversation Mm -hmm. so you don't assume that I'm a pushover Mm -hmm. or so you don't think that what I'm saying isn't serious. I'm not laughing with it. It's not funny that I'm uncomfortable in this moment. Like I need to be really clear with drawing that line for you because I don't want to get to the place that it's got to that I need due process or I don't want to get to a place that I'm leaving the court to decide. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm, what I'm, I'm not also saying, I want to be clear that it's the victim's fault or there's a way to control someone's behavior right. when they're, when they seek to assault Christy, you. Is there a way because, and I'm not saying again, not blaming the victim, but I'm wondering if there's something that we can do to, again to protect ourselves. Yeah. Like, is it, is it the way that you, you know, that we come across, like, you know, do we have to sound more confident? Not because they don't need to get better with their behavior, but again, being in survival survival mode while this culture shifts, until it's shifted, we got to look out for us Absolutely. and make sure that we're good. Absolutely. One of the things that I, I was going to tell you this earlier, talk to you about this earlier, because we know I'm the church girl, Christy, not so much. That don't mean that she ain't a wonderful I God-fearing person. I go to church person. if my mom and dad are listening. I'm saying? Go to church. Uh-huh. So, but my point is church girl, not because I'm at church every single Sunday, but church girl because of how my mind was conditioned. Right. So let me give you this example. People were making fun of Mike Pence because he won't take meetings with women alone. Mm-hmm. Um, given what's happening right now, I'm going to bet you that there are going to be a ton of men and probably women who change and don't do meetings with the opposite sex alone anymore. Yeah. Some of the things that I learned from church, um, to protect, you know, perception, et cetera, was that not good. I started going to Kojic church, church of God in Christ when I was 16 years old. Mm-hmm. And, um, at church, It'll be, you know, Brother Anthony or or Sister Angela or, you know, um, Deacon so-and-so, Elder so-and-so. And it's not just for title. It is to make people feel that we are the body of Christ. It's um, it's it's family oriented. And so you don't treat your family certain ways, even though we know that there are a lot of people that violate those rules. We talked about molestation in families a second ago. I took some of that teaching with me into the professional space, meaning there are a lot of um, men who I see as mentors, um, as big brothers, a ton of big brothers, and their labels that I gave them early on, not because they ever tried me, but because I didn't ever want them to. Mm-hmm. And it's a, again, it's a survival mode thing because I've seen things happen even in church that were not appropriate because people didn't respect good boundaries. So they are old school values. But I got to say, I think in a lot of ways, they have shielded me. They have protected me um, with some of my interactions with folks. Um, that doesn't mean that I've never had a meeting no, I mean, one with like a man. But but I'm saying that if I was ever uncomfortable, mm-hmm. I would absolutely bring a witness to the meeting. And I just don't feel like, I'm, you know, as feminist or womanist as I might be, there are still some things where I'm like, yo, if my discernment is like off about the situation... I'm going to be protected or I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to meet you after a certain hour. Absolutely. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, we do it across the board and I don't know if it's necessarily, I, I think that there are a lot of morals and a lot of values and great things that come out of the church. Sure. I was, sure, you know, sure, sure. born and raised in uh, Warrington Baptist church, mm-hmm. uh, Southern Shout Baptist. Out to the right. Baptist church. Shout out to the Southern Baptist church. But I was also raised in the church of Nenet and Beecher Henderson's mm-hmm. household <laughs> and Violet Chastine's mm-hmm. household that, 
we do have to teach our young women how to protect themselves and how to behave in a in a certain manner. Mm-hmm. And the behavior does not excuse sexual abuse or any Absolutely of that. I, I know I keep saying that over and we over again. We have to because it's going to trigger I, I somebody. Be, right. We I want to be really clear that what I wear doesn't have to do with that. Absolutely. But I am going to carry myself a certain way because of... I don't, I don't, I actually don't know how to say it and be politically correct with Just it, say but it. you know, because, because there's certain lines because I have to hold my boundaries. Yes. So we know all the time off record, somebody will say, Hey, I met your friend. I want to go to dinner with them mm-hmm. and we'll do that sister girl check. Hey, do you know such and such and such? That's what right. do they really want? That's right. Does it make yes. sense for me to go to dinner with yes. them? Do I need to take someone with me Does to dinner? Does it need to be coffee? List. Does it need to be lunch? Does it need to be a conference? My call? best friend, Kim, uh, Kim Towns growing up in North Carolina, mm-hmm. our parents were really clear. Even at school, if one of the mm-hmm. teachers said, I need to see you after class or, oh, you were talking too much. Mm-hmm. And it was a male teacher. I need to, we're going in together. Oh, no, Christy, wait for me at the door. Oh, no, Kim, wait for me. Actually, we're going to come. What do you want to talk to me yeah. about? We're going to come in together. And the, the running joke was we've seen too many after school specials for this one. Like, it's not going down like that. That's but amazing. I think that there is yes. a level of responsibility and accountability as women that we have for one another mm-hmm. in terms of trying our best to protect them. Yeah. And so I'm going to train my kids how to swim before I send them to the pool. Yeah. Because the the likelihood of Y'all them better drowning, get that word. Y'all better get that. She's going to teach them how to swim first before she throw them in the water. The likelihood of them That's drowning, good. I hope, I, I can't bet on it, but I would hope would be lessened if you have those skills mm-hmm. with you. Um, now, you can still drown and be the strongest swimmer yes. in the world. Yes. It happens. But I want... I want us to know how to fight. Mm-hmm. It's what we are fighters. We've had to fight mm-hmm. for our survival. Mm-hmm. And in this space, it's no different. And if I can, if you're going to assault me and I can kick your ass first, I'm going to do the best I can to kill you. Mm-hmm. And so, I, you know, I know we're going all around the, the barn really to get no to killer, the, though. I'll try if you're trying to. She not no killer. I'm trying to trying help a lawyer. Listen, I'm, trying to, I'm the lawyer. Listen, look, but you wouldn't do that. I want to I want us to be able to protect ourselves to the best yes. of our abilities. Um, and I need for like, especially like the younger feminists, which is kind of where we hear this more often than not. We're not saying that you can't, you know, walk outside with your booty shorts on. Yep. We're just saying just understand that some of that attention they can't help themselves. And so we were conditioned a certain way to know that people can't help themselves. And so how do you protect yourselves in a culture where people can't help themselves? Yes, they need to get right. But while they're trying to find their right, we need to be protected. Okay, so now I'm torn. Yeah. So now I'm torn. I'm bringing this back. This way. I, I don't know how much I agree or disagree with that statement. Mm-hmm. Because if I want to walk down the street in yeah, my booty where? shorts, where? because, it, listen, if my booty look like some of these booties I see walking down the street in the shorts wear, I would do wear it your too draws. wear your draws don't wear no draws wear, matter of fact. Just if you, don't, don't, wear if you don't want to if it's more comfortable however my personal choice mm-hmm. just speaking for myself is to not walk down that's the what street that's I'm saying so yeah. I'm saying this is how we were conditioned we're not telling you what to do but I'm just saying we were conditioned because we had parents and elders around us who saw behavior come out of something so normally what happens like they talk about the church being legalistic mm. Don't do this, do this, don't do this, do this. And there's supposed to be freedom in Christ. 
They have the don't do's and the do's based on personal experiences and they don't want you to go through the same pain they did. That doesn't mean that that's right. And that doesn't also mean that that'll be your experience. But Christy, I'm gonna tell you what. Some of the worst remarks. Are we falling victim of slut shaming right now? Maybe, but I'm not trying to slut shame because they can they can walk around full ass out. You see my mind out. is going. I'm like, I, uh, I no, don't know. No, they can be full ass out. I'm not going to do that, but they can right. be full ass right, out. Right, right, More right. power to you, sis. I'm not doing that. It, in part because the church is still in me. As much as I wanted to share, shed some of the legalistic ways, mm-hmm. I still in me. Now I done forgot what I was about to say about, um, what was I just saying? Dang, Christy. Man, you sorry. We were slut shaming we, and I didn't love I know. I, we, I wasn't slut shaming though. What was I going to say? Anyway, the, here's the only point. Maybe. Here's where we are. We are hour deep into this. We are. We have agreed to disagree. We have been on one of And we've answered nothing. Things. We've answered nothing. But what we hope that we've done is sparked another conversation with you all for your sister friends, for your guy friends, for your husbands, your boyfriends, your girlfriends, your cousins, your mamas and them. Like, have this conversation. Absolutely. Because we're not going to get any better any clearer unless we do and create safe space to be that yes. contradiction like as we go into the holiday season yeah y'all don't sitting, drag us for being open with you about all the things we're we just being with. honest this is how we share think. your opinions though and and these are the sister girl and conversations cha- opinions are changing every day on this every day and that's why through this conversation i'm like well maybe i don't know yeah i don't know the, the, don't the know. answer is i don't know but what i do know is that these conversations have to have a place yes. and there has to, they have to happen because we cannot get to a place of, of help or a solution to the problem mm-hmm. unless we're really able to identify the problem. Yeah. Solution to the problem or problems. There are many. And I don't think we've actually even spoke, talked about the same topic for more than, you know, it's a so minute layered. and a half because it's we're, so layered. yeah, yeah. Student loans can completely wipe you out if you don't get a handle on them. How do you do that? Go to Credible.com. Credible.com is an online marketplace for student loan refinancing and using their simple platform. It takes less than two minutes to figure out if you're overpaying on your student loans. Plus, you could save thousands by refinancing. All you have to do is visit Credible.com forward slash Angela. Answer a few quick questions and right away you'll get real rates, not ranges of rates from multiple lenders. Credible.com is completely free. To use and checking your rates will not affect your credit score in any way. So you really have not a lot to lose. The average user who refinances through Credible.com saves almost $19,000 over the life of their loan. Think about what you could do with 19 stacks. And for a limited time, our listeners will get a $200 welcome bonus when refinancing through Credible.com forward slash Angela. Pay off your student loans faster or lower your monthly payment Whatever works for you. Just go to Credible.com forward slash Angela. So you guys, I'm sure you all can understand now why Christy is one of my favorite people. And she didn't even show y'all all her funniness. But oh, normally our... That'll our, come. Our, oh, she said it'll come. Normally our conversations are full with laughter. But this topic is so serious and it's so important. And she's someone who I trust dearly. She is a communications professional, a brilliant strategist. And um, right now the, uh, the whole Congress probably needs you for crisis PR. Oh. But um, this is where you Call me. you can't have a communication strategy if you don't wrestle with the facts as you interpret them. Absolutely. And this is what we were doing today. So we hope you all continue the conversation. And challenge each other. I know you're wrapping it up, mm-hmm. but challenge each other yeah. to call it don't out. Be on I need BS. us to say 
race. And I need Christy to tell me I can't be ignorant on something. If it sounded like slut shaming because I told the girl that came to church with a short skirt on with no drawers and the pastor could see her vagina to put a prayer cloth on. You see? You I'm see how you took it to the pastor could now see her vagina and all she was doing was walking, walking down, down the street? street. No, I was giving another I example. Listen, listen. I'm not slut shaming. I'm just saying it might not you be. Might be. Good, you might I be. You might be though. Am I? I'm not, you might be. She's not a slut because she didn't wear drawers to church. Well, what makes you a slut? Come on now. Well, what is slut shaming then? The assumption or... I, I didn't just pull say that she up. Pull that up. Before we wrap up, let's pull up that definition. I, man, we are Because I'm about in. to tell you what I think and get it all wrong. Um, Hold on. Let me tell y'all. And again, I'm, I'm just saying I, these are personal experiences. I mean, no, a I heard woman about these and or man. Well, I remember what I was going to say now. Oh, what were you about to say? So earlier. Okay, here it goes. Um, slut shaming is the practice of criticizing women and girls who are perceived to violate expectations of behavior and appearance regarding issues related to sexuality. Okay, maybe I was slut shaming. Mm. Yeah. Well, why do they call it slut shaming? Why you got to be a slut? You don't have to be. That's the point. Oh, so we're making them sound like they're sluts. Right. Well, I wasn't trying to. I'm saying because it, we don't because the the person or we or whomever. Don't conform to your norms and standards of what a quote unquote woman should do or a good girl. But or see, all now of that. here go a different definition. This one says slut shaming is the experience of being labeled a sexually out of control girl or woman, a slut or hoe. I say hoes all the time, and that's not gender specific, though. Well, what I think you have is a whole nother podcast that you should put about six <laughs> women and maybe a few we men should. around the table that to. Would be dope. to and we, you, another thing we keep doing is we keep speaking about gender in terms of men and women. And, we need and to what stop. we know is that that's not the case. Stop. And when we talk about sexual abuse and sexual assault and the impact that it has on communities, there's a whole nother conversation outside of the I, I classify myself as a man. I classify myself as a woman mm-hmm. um, and the impact that that has on trans communities yes, on the LGBT. Yes. I mean, it's. Y'all, we it's real. So can I tell you my last story and then I'm really done? So I feel like I've had more. I won't say more. I've had too many issues with women in the workplace on this. And maybe this is a good example of me feeling like I was slut shamed. Um, My first ever CBC meeting before I was even executive director. um, I had this DVF black dress that I loved. Um, It was flattering, but I felt like it was classy, whatever. Apparently, I know <laughs> Christy laughing. Y'all might not be able to hear I right through this see a mic. Picture of this dress. I'm gonna show it. I'll find it. But apparently, it made some of the women members mad in the CBC because they told your knees were out. Girl, my knees was always out. Okay. Um, but I used to wear tights then because that's when pattern tights was in in 2011. No, um, they weren't. 2011. Yes, they were. Oh, my okay. pattern tights were bad. You're not gonna do me. But anyway, okay. here's the point. So. Um, they apparently it offended some of them. So they had some of the members who they knew I knew tell me not to wear that black dress no more because the men can't handle it. So, and I feel like they was like, so one of the members was a woman said, girl, they just mad because you can still see your waistline. (laughs) But that was one example. And another thing that happened, and I don't think that's necessarily true. They might have been trying to be protective. Maybe they thought it was too tight. I don't know. But it was it definitely was form fitting, but it wasn't inappropriate. I wore that dress to church and would do it again. Mm -hmm. Now, the other thing, if I could, if I knew where it was, but I don't have it no more. The other thing that happened was when I became CBC executive director, there were a lot of women in D.C. who were like, how'd you get your job? Of course. Girl, what? And I'm like, I was like, I worked really hard. How'd you get your job? Like, why are you trying it? 
So it's that kind of culture where you don't want women to sleep with people to get ahead. And when women don't sleep with people to get ahead, you don't believe they didn't sleep with people to get ahead. And the worst offenders questioning that are women. Mm. We think. Well, from my personal experience. Yeah. That's what happened. Which is crazy. The same contradiction as everything that we're talking about. Because that same culture. I said Blue Lives Matter again. I'm sorry. The same culture that you're talking about that accused you or assumed that Mm -hmm. you slept with someone to get your position or that your dress, your body was too nice to wear a dress like that and it made them uncomfortable is the same logic we just used about what a woman should wear to be deemed appropriate or inappropriate. I just, when we were talking I was about just the hoping they didn't have, okay, well in church specifically, I, it would just be nice if they did not have their vaginas out at why church. Why can't they worship too? Like if that's, they, 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 they got to show the pastor the breeze i mean so you know it's not, it's actually well, just, okay. healthy not to wear prayer cloth underwear just just wear don't wear underwear but just can you put a prayer cloth on so the people preaching and the choir singing from the pulpit can't see your vagina have you seen the vaginas i've never seen the vagina oh. but i've heard these stories about uh, well who's telling the story it might be some urban legends now you okay. know we know for some we, urban right. legends and you know folks will make up a story on us in a minute so that it can be uh they it can, can make another rule it yeah. could be a lie that's true well if could you were thinking about going to church anytime soon uh, before New Year's, I or even if you wait, even if, if you want to watch your vagina service, in church, and that vagina winks at you in church, <laughs> and night. you are okay. uncomfortable with it, it's you over. let them know. The podcast here's is over. a prayer cloth. If somebody's vagina winks at, oh, you mean not literally? If you see wink it, it right. Yeah, if it happens it. to you personally, then I think I don't want to see nobody's private parts in church. I don't want to see a penis or a vagina in church. I don't. I don't either. Yeah, I don't. Um, I don't want to see nobody's behind either. I don't want to see none of it. Anyway, well. Maybe um, it's not about us. Yeah, but I need for them to be not selfish enough to, if they need to have a, you know, commando Sunday. Mm-hmm. Or commando Wednesday for Bible study. <laughs> you know, or commando shut-in. I can they just said, not flash come them? as you are. You can come as you are, but you're going to cover it up. Cover it up. Like, just put the prayer cloth on. So you still free, but you got the prayer cloth so other people can be free. No. Well, that's that's my well, posture. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I sound like that's Fox News. Do I podcast. sound like Fox News? A little I'm bit. Sure. A little bit. Trying to. I, I mean, I don't know the answer. I, I don't know if you're right or wrong. Um, I think you might be wrong. <laughs> I think but I might be right, <laughs> I think, I don't know. I you guys tell us sound... if people should wear a prayer cloth at church if their vaginas is out. I mean, but... Okay, so suppose their vagina isn't out, but they have on a short skirt and mm-hmm. you appropriately know how to cross your legs or to keep your vagina for sure. Think- when that when that when yeah. that lady walked into the church, young mm-hmm. woman, whoever, mm-hmm. you you said something when you no, saw her come down nothing, the aisle in a short she's skirt. Gonna go, no, I normally you wouldn't. judged her. No, I didn't judge her. But if she goes sit in the front row, okay. I'm gonna hand her a prayer cloth. She wants to be closer to the Lord. That's fine. Be close to the Lord with a prayer cloth on. In fact, it's called a prayer cloth. Maybe to help you pray quick more quickly. Yeah, we should all be sitting cloth. around with prayer cloths. I need a prayer. Are cloth. the men gonna sit around with the prayer cloth? Because when they do that man spread thing in church, and all types of things are inappropriate, oh. I'd like to cover that with a prayer would, cloth. I think that's because I don't want to see it. Fair thing. I like that, Christy. I think that's great. Bumps and bumps. I'm with I don't want to see any. Does of it, is it slut shaming if we telling the men to cover up their balls? Maybe. 
You guys, we done went somewhere else. It's an hour and nine minutes into this. We're going to give this the benediction. Amen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we love We're y'all. Done. Hold us Thanks, accountable. Angela. We want to hear from y'all. Thank you, Christy. I love my sister friend, y'all. Y'all see she's great. Bye. <laughs> Thanks again to Closer Than They Appear for supporting today's episode of On One. In the Closer Than They Appear podcast, writer Carvel Wallace talks to a lot of people grappling with the State of the Union while also looking for a way to reconcile with his own family. In conversation with guests ranging from actor Mahershala Ali to the aunt he hasn't seen in nearly 20 years, he'll turn and face America's past as well as his own and try to help all of us find a way forward. Subscribe to Closer Than They Appear on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or find them on Facebook. For more info, go to closer than they appear. Fm. Who are my children of the